Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Unpack Rolls podcast. It's been a uh, stereotypical Redden FC weekend. Uh, another loss. Uh, there's no surprise there. That's uh, what's that? We've got three wins this season out of 15 matches. So you could say we're kind of getting used to this. What do you think on this? Who have uh, been joined by this week by Sam Stevenson? Hello there. Hello there, Sam. Yes, that was the awkward bit done, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah, so my name is Paul Mann and I'll be hosting the show today. I always forget to do that bit, so I'll do it this week and then I won't have to do it again for you another two name? months. I do have a name. Shop. That's my official name. I do get called other things, though. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> we do have swearing on this program, but some words are just too much. <laughs> some of those names for me shouldn't be broadcast. So... We both managed to see the match on uh, Saturday against Swansea. What did you make of the... Well, first of all, let's go to the lineup. We had a few changes. O'Shea came in. We had Baldock back and G-Mac. Do you think they were quick decisions, Sam? Or... I, I felt a bit sorry for Laurie. I don't think the centre-backs have done too much wrong this season, despite the goals we've conceded. Um, I think there have been issues elsewhere. Um, but, I mean... After seeing loss week in, losses week in, week out, I guess, you know, scattergun approach, just see what sticks, make changes and hope it works at this point. We've tried so many combinations of different players um, and nothing's working. So, and it's still not working. Um, but yeah, I can't, other than Nilori, I can't really argue too much. Um, if Shea came in and did okay though, didn't he? He did. It, yeah. He did, but then I don't know if, um, it would have changed the game if Laurie was in there. That's that. The point I'm making is, you know, yeah. you kind of want consistency where your players are playing well. Um, that's maybe my biggest criticism of Clement uh, this season. Um, whenever a player's impressed, he's been dropped, and then when he comes back in, if he doesn't perform, <clears throat> you could make the argument that they haven't been given a consistent run. Um, and, and there are plenty of names that you could chuck out there um, that fit that fit that mould. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. The changes this weekend, I don't think, I don't think made that much difference. No. I, I think I, the result yeah. was going to, you know, it was going to happen. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think you can look back and say, oh, that was a catastrophic error by Clement to make those changes. It was just minor tinkering, wasn't it? It was. And, and, and frustratingly, um, in terms of the game itself, um, it's kind of the same story we... I'm going to kind of talk the same way I did the first few games of the season, where we actually came away from it and we weren't terrible. No. Um, we scored a goal that was wrongly disallowed, seemingly. Um, yeah, I saw a replay that? and it, so looked, it's a, it's a... it looked like it was, it was onside. Okay. Um, but you kind of get those, those decisions going against you when you're down this end of the table. Um, and, and and from there, we quite quickly conceded um, and then it just felt like the writing was on the wall. We did create a few more chances. We didn't play that badly, but Swansea largely controlled the game after that. Um, and the subs he made, you know, weren't that impactful. Um, he didn't change the system and, and it just kind of petered out towards the end. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, if we look back to um, the chances that we had, maybe slight before we had the Bulldog one, which you just talked about, we had the Kelly one from the corner, yeah. which he put wide, which you think you just got to get that on target. Yeah, that had to be a goal. Yeah, you've you got to get on target anyway, make him make yeah, a yeah, save. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, Swansea had a chance from James when you think he should also get it on target yeah. as well. 
from inside the penalty area. There's a big scramble. There was another one when uh, Yadam cleared off the line. Then Moore get it away. Yes. Both teams had chances, but then there comes from the moment when we give away a completely and utterly stupid penalty. Just from nowhere, really. I mean, James was giving Yadam a really hard time in that first I time. Thought, I thought Yadam dealt with it him reasonably well for most of the game, but the the one time he got past him, you could tell it was just frustration, right? He kind of just almost kicked out him. Um, did, yeah. And it was it was a definite penalty. You can't argue with <laughs> no, it. Definitely. Um, yeah. and, and it's a shame because, um, you know, if you give him the opportunity to shoot from there, maybe the keeper saves it. Um, but as soon as you give him the penalty, they're going to score, right? Um, and it's... And we know um, that the pattern this season has been if we if we concede first, generally we, we go on to lose the game. We we can't find the the, the fight to kind of get back into it. Um, and uh, yeah, as soon as they scored, that was it. it. It just felt like the game was over. Yeah, no, I, this is exactly what you think now, isn't it? When you watch Red and we go one goal behind and you really could almost leave the stadium at that point. You feel that. And also, I thought we had to make a change at half-time. How Liam Kelly stayed on the pitch after the first half. Liam Kelly's passing was abysmal. It's Um, terrible. It was the worst I've seen uh, from him for a long time. Um, Usually, you know, he's fairly ineffective. His passing sideways, maybe backwards. um, And he'll make the odd run here or there. But his passing was wayward. He was, you know, he was was missing five, ten-yard passes. um, and, And that really, really cost us um it yeah. really really cost us um and, and also you know that that i'd say pretty pretty easy chance to, to have a shot on target um he he put wide and and he was he was really poor really yeah poor. i think um, looking back i think that shot affected the whole of his performance i think he's yeah. he's probably i think the fans have probably allowed him to to um escape as much criticism simply because he's a homegrown uh, lad but um, but I think you know the time has come to, to give him a bit of a rest. Um, he, he really doesn't look like he's up for it at the moment at all. No, no, he doesn't. It looks like we would have to bring someone else into midfield, and then you run into the options of who do you bring in. That is the problem, isn't it? I mean, you could bring in Renamoto, maybe, but then that brings its own risk as I w- well. I wouldn't bring him in at home. I wouldn't no. bring any of the youth players in at home, and, and that's just simply because the atmosphere is so toxic, and I think... Mm. Um, we saw it when Adkins was here and he was forced to play youth players. There's you know, an argument to be made that, yeah, some of them came out and carried on playing, but most of them didn't make it. And, and you know, even our, you know, Aaron Cools, for instance, you know, went off and it looked like he was mentally damaged after that period, that stint in the team where we were getting battered week in, week out. Um, the team were getting booed. You had the signal away at Birmingham. Um, and I don't necessarily blame Clement for not wanting to drop youth players in when we're you know losing 1-0 2-0 at home because I just think it really could it really could do them in they're, they're kids and they've never played in front of 10 15,000 before and if those 10 or 15,000 are booing them if they if they misplace a pass or something it could really really affect them so I think that's probably a good argument to not drop someone like Danny Loder in or, or Rinomoto but um but I understand as well why the fans are calling out for that because at this point you just want to see something different. You don't want to see the same old, same old that's not working. No, we've been really suffered with it, unfortunately, with the injury to uh, Azatali. That was a really, that's a massive blow because he came in and he definitely had an impact. Whether it would have yeah. carried on, we don't know, but it was an option that gave us something different. He had a bit of physicality and he always wanted to go forward. 
I which think, is the opposite I, to Kelly. I think you can almost get away with playing Swift and Kelly in midfield when you've got Ezatali, that I'm pronouncing that right, in there. Almost, almost, because you lack the energy with Bakuna. I don't think Bakuna's a bad player, but Bakuna is not going to chase and break up and harry the same way someone like Danny Williams or Jem Karajan would. Um, we just don't have that. We don't no, have I that. thought and Bakuna was one of the best players on Saturday and Bakuna, for us. Bakuna has been, uh, I think, um, okay this season, but I don't think he is that player. No. And, and what I'm, all I'm saying is that I don't think you can play a three of, of Kelly... Um, Swift and, and Bakuna because there's not enough workmanship in there. No, so there's no, no one's going to chase, no one's going to fight. So if the midfield falls apart, that's it. If they're playing against a weak midfield, you might get away with it. Um, you know, some of the teams right down the bottom, but we're not we're not going to be able to do it against against the teams at the top. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really know what more to say on that. We've no. kind of talked about that previously. Our midfield's weak. Centre midfield is something we might as well allocate five minutes to every yeah. single week because yeah. it's such a major problem. So we moved on to the second half and Jakob Mate seemed to have just a string of, uh, definitely not sitters, but chances you think you've got to get on target. His first touch is the weirdest thing because he will knock simple passes 10 yards ahead of him and lose them and then like the goal the other day mm. um, he'll control a ball over the top and smash it in you know like he he's a weird player but I, I've i been saying all season I know people have been singing his name and, and you know he has put in workman like performances but I don't think he's very good I just don't think he's a very good player what um, level would you say you think he's going to be eventually? Do you think he's a championship player or do you think he's maybe a bit lower? I think he's I think he's lower end championship, which I know we are, mm. um, but he's lower end championship, uh, maybe upper league one. I'm not saying that he wouldn't do it in a better team. I mean, I give all the players like, you know, like him the benefit of the doubt because <clears throat> we're not creating. Um, but Mate, you see him get enough of the ball and he miscontrols enough to make me think that he's just not, He's not there. And he's, he's not a kid anymore, right? He's 21, 22? I think so, yes. I think he's got a touch of the Bath Savage about him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was <laughs> really about to do. say that. Uh, I think he's got yeah. a little bit of he, that about him. He definitely does. Yeah, um, you're he's, kind of... Where's he, this going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I the, the most frustrating thing, though, is that... And I understand... It's hard for Clement, but he's got Barrow not in the squad, who last season was arguably our best player. He was our top scorer, I think, at the yeah, end of the season, goals, right? Yes. Um, from the wing, um, and and we were we were an awful team, and he was still scoring goals. Um, I think you Clement's in a tough position because he has to. If Barrow's de- doing something that we don't know about that is deserving of a bit of time out the first team, fine. But Clement's always going to have to balance that up with the fact that the team are not playing well at all. And they need someone like Barrow. And the fans know that Barrow can do the business and he can score when you're up against it. Um, he can unlock defences. Um, we just don't have that at the moment at all. No one in the team can do that. Um, and it's just, yeah, we're, we're lacking that. We're lacking Barrow, really. Yes. A, a Barrow at, you know, full strength. And and uh, and the, the sad thing is, you know, the talk is that he might come back in again this weekend. But... Now he spent some time out of the squad. Is he going to be fully fit? Is he going to be? Are we going to have to give him a few weeks to kind of get back into it? And that's a few more games that we're without one of our best players. You know, it's it's um, it just feels like you know mismanagement from top to bottom. Um, it does. I will come on to that um, later on a separate bit. But 
I look at the Mo Barrow situation, and that's obviously we don't know what's happened there at all. But there are the rumours, comments about previous issues with Mo Barrow that Paul Clement had at Swansea. Now, the fact that he could be out just for one week, how serious was this indiscretion? Nobody knows. It could be something that, like you say, Sam, it could be something we'd see or hear and then we'd say, oh, that's right, he shouldn't be on the pitch. That's not acceptable behaviour. But if you just leave it in this limbo of we don't know, I, I think as the manager... He's probably not revealing this because I think it's more about his ego being dented by Mo Barrett. It feels like yeah. potentially, but I would say I would say either way, it's kind of irrelevant. Ultimately, yeah, he needs to be out you know there. the manager. Yeah. The manager needs to do what he needs to do, and if the player is, you know, whatever it is, not turning up for training, talking behind the manager's back, you know, whatever it is, if it if it deserves that kind of punishment, fair enough. You know, I won't argue with that. But the problem Clement has got is that we're shit, <laughs> um, yes. and and. Yeah. And we don't have our best player out on the pitch and we don't know why as fans. And all we want to see as fans uh, are, are good performances, you know, wins. That's what we want to see. Um, and knowing you've got a, a potentially fully fit, great player, not in the squad, or great players may be strong, but good player. Best player. Best, best player. player. Best yeah. player in the squad. Um, mm. Not actually in the squad. Um, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, it does. It's just exactly what we don't need, and this is what happens when you're in these situations. Yeah. You have falls, that fall out off the pitch that we don't hear about all the time. Even when the team are doing well, these things probably happen on the training ground, but you just get past it. But we've yeah. got a real conflict of egos going on here. One thing I will say though is that, that the last few years I've talked about how the team don't have fight, and and uh, if if somebody's winding someone up behind the scenes, and and you know. I think it probably arguably comes from, you know, frustration, whatever. Um, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, you know, it shows that some of the players do care in some mm. way um, because we're not really seeing that games, right, at the moment. We're not seeing players come out afterwards and cheer the, clap the fans or anything like that. It's it's um, heads, heads drop as soon as, as, soon as the, the goal goes in or as soon as the ref blows his final whistle. Um, and, yeah, no, nobody is enjoying themselves at the moment. No, definitely not. I mean, if you're a player, I can't see any enjoyment from that match at all. I think that goes back to what you were just saying there about uh, showing some effort. I think that's why Mate is getting credit in the bank because he does run around the yeah. lot and it's as simple as that. Yeah. And a lot of the other players aren't uh, necessarily displaying that level of intensity. And that brings me on to, it was a good landmark on a Saturday that Sony Aloka got his 50th appearance. <laughs> Those two comments are not related so I'm in gonna, any way. No. <laughs> well, no. I'm, I'm one of the few um, who thinks that um, Aluko was a weird buy. And not because he's a bad player. I still stand by my comments that are very unpopular that Aluko was a, a good player at Fulham. Fulham didn't really want to let him go and there was a reason for that. And I think... He was probably bought in by Gourlay and not Teverden. It didn't feel like a Teverden signing. I've said this before. Um, he didn't fit Stam's system, which, you know, when you watched Fulham last season, they were quick. You know, they were possession-based football, but the difference between us and them was that when we were under pressure, we played the ball backwards. When they were under pressure, they had somebody making a run in behind. It was usually someone like Aluko. Um, that was the difference between the two teams and Luco fit their system. And, you know, the times I saw him against us, he tore our fullbacks to shreds. Um, 
that 5-1 game, he absolutely battered a beater. Um, I've never seen anything like it at this level. Um, and uh, and yeah, he, he's a good player, but he does not fit the system. And I don't think the managers we've got have worked out how to use him because he's not an out-and-out winger. He doesn't sit on the byline. That's that's my unpopular yeah. no, thoughts I think on he was a good player. I thought he was a good player at Fulham. And who knows how much he cost? There's, None of us know that. But I didn't think it was a terrible signing when he came in. But when you actually look back, let's like, see, this didn't work for work into our system. He's lost all of his confidence. Luca's got a bit of blacket about him at the moment because every time he comes on the pitch now, fans are booing him before he even kicks the ball. He's not going to get back to um, the player he was while the team are playing the way they are. What he needs now is a bit of a a run in a team that is at least creating, at least doing something. And I actually think you know he could turn out to be worthwhile and and you know you look at Blackett nobody last season would have said Blackett's going to turn it around most people thought he would be out at the end of the season but I felt the same way about Blackett as I did about um as I do about Luco now um I'd seen enough of Blackett to think he can be useful especially in a back three he's actually looked okay this season at left back yeah which is surprising um yeah. but you know you have the right manager in the right system and and the player can fit the player that fits that system and it can work um and I think the same about Luca. I think you know he's got he's got a long contract. Let's just let's just see what happens. And personally, I, I'm I don't know about you, but I'm kind of sick and tired of talking about him. I'm I of, am. I mean, yeah, uh, he didn't he just... didn't even play. Um, I think it was the was it the Millwall game? Did he come on in the Millwall game? Uh, I'm trying I can't to remember. remember. No, I don't I remember, think he did. I remember getting back into the car, and I remember hearing Tim Dellum mentioning a Luca, and I just thought, why are you doing that? Like, it just feels like you're pulling him out. And, and mentioning him just so you can denounce him for no reason. He didn't play a part in the game. And I think there's a bit of yeah. an obsession with him. I think um, there is. Maybe with Aluko, it's almost a little bit like the Jimmy Kebby situation. I remember when Brennan Rogers was here. Yeah. And he refused to, by the end, by, at one point, he refused to play him at home matches because yeah. he said he couldn't deal with it. He could only yeah. play in away matches. Yeah. And I remember there was a tipping point, a West Brom FA Cup match, and Jimmy Kebe scored after, I don't know, something like 10, 11 mm. seconds, one of the quickest yeah. goals we've ever scored. Yeah. And he runs to the East End and he gives his ear to the yeah. East End as if, oh yeah, well, yeah. you know, are you going to say anything now? <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy that? <laughs> well, I mean, Luco could easily do that. He we needs that those he, moments, though. Absolutely. But we know yeah. that he can be a good player. I think, I think I'm, um, personally, I think like I'm avoiding talking about him on social media and stuff because I just get drawn into these arguments with people who who are just intent on booing players as soon as they walk on the pitch and it doesn't help anyone boo them after the game if they've been shit no problem with that you pay your money but I just think it's counterproductive booing before they kick a ball because you're basically just putting them down they know that the fans are against them and they haven't done anything wrong at that point it doesn't do any player any good to be booed absolutely not, not, <laughs> not individually I, I no. don't like it um, no. and, and when people were singing Mo Barrow when he came on the other week um I can't remember where it was. Birmingham uh, away. Birmingham away, yes. yeah, and and that was that was a crappy thing to do as well. <laughs> Not good as well, but what that's a, probably a combination of factors, isn't it? It's against the Luco. Okay, let's not pretend that isn't, but it's also against Clement that it is. It is it's a combination of factors. I yeah. know nobody knew about the disciplinary thing at that point, but even the fact that he wasn't in the squad seemed bizarre. Yeah, that became obvious why yeah. when he came out afterwards. But yeah, yeah I mean, Mo Brower. You know, we would have loved to have brought him on. I think I tweeted something uh, with about 15 minutes to go on the game against Swansea on Saturday. And it's just, you just want him there. We then proceed to give away 
uh, a second goal that was coming. Oh, we're back you to the Swansea game. Yeah, we're back to the Swansea <laughs> game. We've got to finish that off. We've got to finish that Swansea game off. And you just think, yeah, if we have chances, uh, Bod Varson managed to do is do that amazing thing when he heads the ball to himself. Yeah. And then he knocks it over the bat. It's astonishing. I've, I've never got seen a, a player. Um, I have a friend who's a Swansea fan and we, we've mm. been talking, we talk most seasons about football and how things are going mm. and that kind of stuff and whenever Reading plays Swansea we always have like fairly reasoned chats about it but after the game his general thoughts were we wasted our chances we wasted we chances did. to to um, to win the game and if we you know as far as he was concerned they actually didn't play that well um, no. they didn't play that well against us and I, I'd agree with that um, from what I've seen of them this season they weren't great but they were fairly clinical um, and we were not even close to being clinical. Um, yeah, okay, there was a misfortune of having the goal ruled out that was probably incorrectly ruled out. But other than that, um, we wasted chances. Yeah, we did have multiple chances. That's the most frustrating thing because I think if we were mid-table, people would say, oh, okay, we had chances. We'd take the positives from that. Yep. Uh, Swansea are going to finish probably above us. But you can't in our situation. You need to pull out a result that kind of restores a bit of confidence. But yeah. So after the match... I'm just bringing myself down, just talking about it. <laughs> After the match, I asked, just for a uh, change, I asked them, um, what are your thoughts on Paul Clement? Now, on EPR 3, <laughs> you'll be you surprised. Most of these I now. wasn't really expecting a positive response there, and uh, yeah, I didn't really get one. Some people actually are still slightly standing up for him and giving a bigger context, which I think there is a bigger uh, issue out there. So uh, John High said two matches left. Do you think two matches left, do you think? I don't know. I think Stan was given way longer than anyone expected last season, so who knows? Ian Anderson says margins getting wider. There is a reference to his fine margin comments that Paul Clement (laughs) always loves. I mean, but it was, again, it was, I mean, you could mm. argue that, again, we're in a position where it's another game where it's, a, it's you know, a couple of goals. There's not Don't say fine right? margins. <laughs> Don't say it, please. <laughs> but, it's the, but the point is, it's the same old story, isn't it? I agree, it is. I agree with that comment. Yes. Um, but ultimately, you know, you can say fine margins for as long as you like. But if it's fine margins all season, you get relegated. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, what's it now? He's been here for 23 games and he's got five wins. He's poor. I mean, you can't Fire dress margins. that. You can't dress that up in anything but absolute dog shit, can no. you? That is just awful. Math says hard clicks it now, which is Math absolutely loves it, doesn't he? Ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah, he's obsessed. He's the most. I mean, I think we should absolutely just ignore anything that he puts forward in regards <laughs> to comment out because he's been on it from the very beginning. He's not a fan. That's <laughs> definitely not on his uh, Paul Clemens Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> It would be quite good if uh, Paul Clement tweeted him after he gets a sack or something and goes, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, one from uh, the person who was sick, mostly Bobbins, who wasn't able to join us tonight. So get well soon now. Time is up. So he's really had enough, essentially. Mm. Job done. I'm not sure it's going to be that simple. I think he probably should go, but I uh, like you. I think he's going to be there for a couple more games at least. Yeah, so do I. Um, yeah. I think uh, he's not in an untenable position yet because we are not out of it yet. My worry is, and it's only 
um, the, the gap is starting to open up. It's, it's a small gap. It's mm. not insurmountable. But there's a, the two teams above us are two points, I think, above us. And the two teams above that are four points above us. Yeah, rather so, than a team directly above us. So points, you're yeah. starting to see, you know, you know, a four, there are, you're starting to see a bit of a split between the teams that are reasonably comfortable and the teams that are getting dragged in down the bottom. Um, the problem is, you know, every time we get a, get a win... Um, I'd argue that we don't necessarily deserve it. I don't think we've mm. had a win this season that I come away in, uh, other than the whole game. Hull one was the only one. Hull, uh, they other, were atrocious. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, yeah. though, I don't think there's a, a win that we've come away from where I felt like uh, this is something to build on. It's always felt like we've fluked it. Maybe that's unfair, but it's felt like no, you know, the Mill- Millwall game, yeah. it felt like they absolutely battered us. Um, the, the only one I can say is slightly different was the Derby match was the only game and I think we've come away well, and I've thought, okay, we were unlucky to and lose I went that. to Forest away. Yeah. Forest felt very similar yeah. to the Derby game. We were good in that Forest game and they scored yeah. a screamer to, to win it's the game. Good. Yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than those those couple of games in the whole game, um, I don't think we played particularly well. Um, no. And... Uh, um, and when we have played well, I mean, you could argue the Blackburn game, we played well for half an hour, then threw it away. Um, I know you can't account for silly decisions, but you think about... I'm just adding to this list of individual errors that I can think of off the top of my head. And you've got Monone effectively throwing the ball in the net in the Derby game. You've got the McShane penalties in the Blackburn game. Um uh, you've got the Yeardom tackle at the weekend that mm. gave away the penalty that, that you know we conceded the goal from. Um, and I'm sure there's more than that that I can't think of now. Um, but you start to think about games that we could have got something out of, you know, um, and and silly, silly mistakes. You know, Gunter, I think one game I remember him falling over and a player just running past him and cross, crossing it and, and they scored. Um, and it, it's just... And, and Norwich as well, you know, we got back into the game and then the Elori went for some silly challenge, fell over, the guy walked past him. And uh, yes. it's, it's constant individual errors that admittedly the manager can't account for. But at the same time, you can't, you can't see that happen week in, week out and, and, and not start to put it down to team mentality or individual mentality or, or whatever it is, you know, um, it's it's worrying because I, I do think I, in a way sometimes I do feel sorry for Clement because I think you know you don't send when you send players out there you can see that they've got most of the time an idea of a game plan whether it works or not fine but the amount of times individually players have made absolutely ridiculous errors um, of judgment whether it's a short pass whether it's well we saw one only last week didn't we Birmingham actually in Kelling absolutely. And Absolutely. from the corner, yeah, yeah, Liam yeah, Moore yeah. switches yeah. off. Actually, that's another yeah. one. Add that. Add yeah. that to the list. Um, Liam Kelly just, pump, yeah. you know, smashing it at, at, um, at a lorry, or was it more? Um, it was a lorry, wasn't it? And he couldn't yeah. control it. And it's just like, why are you pinging a 40-yard pass back to your defender? Just like, don't do it. Just keep the ball. Play it simple. And and it's, and that's another one to add to the list of silly mistakes that we've made that have led to goals. Yeah. Um, Walker as well, another one, chucking the ball in his own net in that in that game. Um, who was it? We West Brom game. Yeah. And, and that started that absolute route. Um, uh, and when we're as mentally fragile as we are and we can see the goal and clearly can't turn it around, we need to be making sure we get that first goal and we need to be making sure we're not giving the opposition 
an easy opportunity to put the ball in the net. And now, you know, you think about all those games. We probably mentioned five or six individual errors that have resulted in a goal that have either started uh, the opposition's um, scoring spree or or turned a game. Um, and and that's one of the big issues we've got. Um, and, and it's something that, again, like I don't know how you account for it as a manager, but but because it happens so often you have to blame someone yeah yeah ultimately it's always going to come back to the manager in that situation isn't it? he selects the players he puts them out there but no no manager says make these awful errors it just doesn't I mean, make you, sense if you seen... look, look at Saturday the way we sat at, set up against Swansea it was a relatively even match yeah. they don't come away from that thinking you know, Swansea obviously have a load of possession that's the way they play but you don't come away from that thinking we had no chances, we got absolutely battered because it wasn't like that. I, I, I should have written this down and I'm, I feel like an idiot for not doing it, but I think shots on goal were fairly similar. Yeah. I've got an idea, they weren't that dissimilar. Well, Mate had seven on his own. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so realistically, you know, you would have liked to have seen us challenge the keeper a bit more. Um, mm. But again, you know, we, maybe, maybe it's, it's not having a striker, you know, an out-and-out striker. We talked about that at the beginning of the season. Um, but fans have got a lot of reason to be unhappy and it's not just the results it's, it's everything up and down the club um, top to bottom it's, it's, it's really really not fun <laughs> no it isn't I'm going to go into this question because I asked you if any questions and we're going to kind of uh, go to that place that is um, that we've been before so uh, <laughs> here we go then um, from uh, Vladimir Janazak, uh, we get to the playoffs. We're a penalty kick away from getting into the Premier League. Then we get a new CEO. CEO, sorry about that. Uh, Ron Gourlay. And everything begins immediately to unwind. And ever since, we've been terrible. How can that possibly be a coincidence? Right, I'm not going to. I'm not defending Ron Gourlay here. But no, no I'm that's gonna, the I'm opposite gonna, side. Going that's to good. caveat this yeah. slightly. Yeah. Um, I made this point on Twitter the other day. I think Stam second season and Clement we're always going to have it tough because that team that got to the final we then lost the spine that team we lost Kermigan for half a season and when he came back he wasn't the same we lost Danny Williams we lost Ali Ohabsi they were arguably the three best players in that team I mean you can you can potentially chuck others in there Swift had a good first half of the season before he started to get injured McCleary played quite well that year um, there were players in that team that were doing the business Abita was great as well um but um, you've got to say those three players were probably the most important players in that team. Well, from McCleary also had his best ever season. Yeah, yes. and then and then got injured. Yes. Um, so another season. player we lost yeah. a beater. Um, so you think about the players we've lost since that team. A beater's been out. McCleary have been out for almost the entire the entirety of yeah. the time since that game. We lost the three players that built that made up the spine of that team. Um, and and McShane arguably hasn't been the same since then either. So you're looking at five or six players, that's half a team, that were playing regularly, that were, were you know, good or, or very, very good championship players. I think they all had their peak season, a lot of them in one go. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'd agree with that. But then I think, do you think like Al Habsi and Williams, if we've managed to keep them both, would have dropped off substantially in that second season? Because I'd argue that even, even without Kermigan, with Bodvarsson coming in and the way the team were playing, if Williams was in that midfield and if Al Habsi was in goal, we probably would have still had something you know, on our side that we'd... Because let's, let's face it, understand, 
we were conceding, even though we had possession, we were still conceding uh, a silly amount of shots on goal every game. And we got battered in games sometimes, yeah, yeah. away from home. And we, we were still consistently we were, we were, lost. Well, so yeah. we had, but we had, we had weird runs with Stam. And there were two things about that first Stam season that made a big difference. One was, if we got battered, and we did get battered multiple times, we had a couple of 4 nils. we had the 7-1 seven, seven at Norwich. Yes. Um, and there are a few results like that. <laughs> you could argue next game we'd come out and we'd win 1-0 at home or, mm. or whatever it was. So mentally, I think the team are more stable. Um, I think we have better players. Um, and I think we had a clear idea of the system, even if it didn't always work. Because we were playing the exact same system every game, the players knew what their jobs were. Yeah, they made mistakes sometimes, but the system helped. I don't think that's something Rongole has a massive effect over. I think Rongole has definitely angered people behind the scenes. Yeah. I think ang- lots of people have left the club. Um, I don't think he's necessarily brought in the right players or manager since um, since he's come in. But I also don't think Rongole can be held accountable for no. the players leaving, the injuries we've had, and um, and some of uh, you know. Clement doesn't have to play the same system. I see it as a three-pointed, three groups of people to blame, basically, for the situation we're in. If you just take the three main ones, yeah. you've got to. You've got to take the owners. Yep. Those are the people that appoint Ron Gourlay and the managers. Then you've got Ron Gourlay, who's appointing the manager and doing work in the club on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And from multiple stories that we've seen, there's unrest you know, behind the scenes with different situations with the academy, commercial department, people aren't happy, basically. The core yeah. of the club has been not in a good place. When you're losing people like Lee Heron, I know he went to Arsenal, but he's probably been offered positions before and not left. It, yeah, is it a coincidence he's left when Ron Gould is there? I, I don't know. You'd have to ask Lee Heron it, that. It sounds like, from, from what I've heard, um, it sounds like Ron is very hands-on and mm. he doesn't want to... He's controlling and he's got his ideas about how things should be done. And I think, I think you know, wherever you go, if there's somebody you don't agree with it, and they're hard to work with and they've got their hands in all the pies and they're, you know... Um, it, Master it's, of it's, none. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's tough. Um, but I think there are a multitude of issues behind the scenes. But I, I, whilst I think, you know, it's, I agree that Ron Gourlay is, you know, he, was, he came in at the point where we started to turn... But I think, you know, if you're just talking about the on the pitch stuff and, and arguably no one would give two shits about what was going on behind the scenes if we were winning games. Nobody um, would be talking about that. If we were if we were seventh or eighth in the table right now and we were a few points off the playoffs, people wouldn't care. They wouldn't be talking about that. They'd be like, oh, well, look how well the club's That's doing. true, but he's appointed the manager that's not achieving that. Sure, but what... And a manager that I still don't know what his plan is, tactical idea... I agree. ...going forward. I have no idea. I look at Paul Clement and I think, what actually is your style? I, I don't know. Yeah. Or what are you trying to achieve here? My, 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 my other big issue, though, is that in Stam and Tevreden... Uh, you had that kind of Ajax identity. Whether you liked it or not, whether you liked the style of play, there was a clear plan. It was to bring in young players. And let's be honest, like he was bringing through youth players. He was trying to get them in the team where he could. Um, A lot of people gave him a lot of stick for the first half of the season, same as Clement's getting now, about not playing youth. But he did start to bring youth players through and play them more and more. Um, And and I think he deserves praise for that. Um, And... I think, I think it was just, I think it was kind of taken away from him a bit in that second season. I think Gourlay probably played a factor. I think not having Tevred in there, 
you know, picking the right players for that system, um, getting the youth players in, um, finding these amazing weird deals from, you know, Eastern Europe and stuff like that and just taking a gamble um, and yeah. seeing seeing what, what stuck. Um, but we didn't have that. We actually just went out and spent a ton of money on a Luco and, and that didn't feel like A, a Reading signing and B, a Teverden signing. Yeah. And and he, he, Luco didn't fit Stam's system. And at a time when you've lost... The, the four or five players that I've mentioned, you need to make sure you're bringing in players that are going to cover them. And we didn't do that at all. Well, this is another reason we got, why we have an issue with Gorlick because his transfers have been, in the whole, not all of them, there have been some that have been okay. Yeah. Pretty disastrous. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it again, but Aluko is the kind of standout person yeah. from that situation. And you just think... <sighs> He just worries me that if he's going to be making decision for the next manager, which seems almost inevitable, I can't see anything yeah. changing with Ron Gourlay anytime soon. Uh, Who's he going to bring in? Well, I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the talk is um, Alan Nixon, uh, the son, I think, uh, was talking about Bruce coming in, hmm. who is, um, you know, steady. Yeah, He's got his identity. He's, he's, got, his he's ideas. Got, definitely got an identity. Um, yes. He knows how to get a championship team up done it before multiple times mm. um, I think he's got the record for the most well I, and he also commands respect so if there are if there are any issues with personalities in the squad I think you can trust him to isolate the players that are shit stirring and, and you yeah. know play the team that he has available to him um, and if Barrow is genuinely an issue then Bruce will deal with him mm. but um, you know I I, I don't I don't know if you have to just look at the managers that are, well, you know, we could look at League One, we could look at mm. League Two and say who's performing down there. And people mention the Luton manager, don't they? Yeah. Straight away. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's there's two ways of looking at it. I asked on the poll, would you want an experienced one or a youth youthful manager with some success? I suppose the Luton ones are far, they're kind of like the best kind of example off the top of my head. Mm. And 63% said they want to experience. And... I can see why you'd say that. There's part of me that would like that. And so Alan Hardy. I don't. I don't actually. I don't care. Wow. No, that would be amazing. I was just. I was just checking out an experienced name. But I. I yeah. genuinely don't really care who comes in. Um, mm. It doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, um, my, my, the sole reason I pay for a pay for a season ticket every year is because I want to see the team do well. Just want to see wins. Um, I want to see a competitive team. Mm. I want to see a team that is not languishing at the bottom of the league, you know, five or six wins a year. I want to see us competing with other teams week in, week out. I don't mind if we get smashed here and there. I just want to see us do something. Um, and for that reason, I don't care who comes in because I had no idea whether Stan was going to be a good manager or not. And he gave us, whatever you thought of the football, an exciting season in amongst four or five really bleak seasons. Um, other than the beginning of the Steve Clark era, um, where we looked like world beaters for about two or three months, um, we haven't had that for a long time. No, and no, it's, it's not just this this season and uh, the previous season. It's been a whole bunch of seasons that we've gone through before. The playoff one was a... I'm not sure what word you can use for it, because over a whole season, you can't call that lucky, I don't no. think at all. no. Um, it's just maybe was I said earlier just everyone everything came together in a perfect storm yeah and you could not calculate that it just happened I mean Jan Kermigan had his Indian summer as they yeah. can say yeah 
Um, he got 19 goals. And if you have a striker who will score you 19 league goals, it covers up a multitude of sins. Yes. It really does. I mean, it's just... We play Bristol City on Saturday and that's maybe the most famous match for Jan Kermigan at Reading, which Bristol City away yeah. in 2017. Uh, was it the 1st or 2nd of January? And all of a sudden, we turn it around from 2-0 down to 3-2. Possibly, so, I mean, maybe if you're listening, you think there was more of a Jan Kermigan moment. That, that game sticks out in my head because I yeah. think I was listening on the radio and I remember it cut out and I'm yeah. pretty sure Mick Gooding yes, phoned Mick Gooding, up yeah. and he was trying phone. to do commentary over the phone at the end wow. of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that um, yeah, I agree with you and, and Kermigan was a great player for us. But um, but yeah, I mean, you think about, think about the last, think about since Koppel left, think about the managers we've had and the, the mix of like experience and non-experience. Mm. Actually, how many how many really experienced managers have we had oh. that you can think of? We don't really get them because we Steve don't have Clark, the status. Steve Clark, not yes. massively experienced. Yes. Rogers wasn't experienced. No, it's... Um, McDermott wasn't experienced. Um, uh, Stan wasn't experienced. Mm. Uh, like you go through, you go and Clement's not experienced. Like you go through yeah, the list. Yeah, it's just a couple. You go through the list, and it's a it's a bunch of um, it's a bunch of uh, fully inexperienced. Um, managers and they've had varying levels of success um, but but yeah I mean to me it, it, that's that's why it doesn't matter um, you go and get Steve Bruce he might do a good job D- but you know I personally wouldn't want someone like Neil Warnock in, in no even though even though he might produce like effective football in the league that came up with someone Neil Warnock I mean I suppose that there will be some people that will go he's a firefighter he's going to come in and look what he did with Cardiff last season yeah. but they were he's terrible got promoted. Yeah, yeah they were they were abysmal uh, they were like us when we got promoted yeah. and um, Dunham probably when you look at it as a whole team we were there to be picked off yeah. totally in the Premier League yeah um, but, but again, like you know, I don't want Phil Parkinson. No, him. no, I wouldn't. For a want number Phil of Parkinson, reasons, I don't care that but he. But I don't mind that he's like you know a Reading legend. That that no, stuff doesn't no. bother me anymore. I don't care whether he come. You know, ultimately for me, I want a manager who I think is going to produce exciting football and get us the odd win here or there. Um, you know, uh, and and a few draws to go along with that, um, and get us into a mid-table position at least that we can then build on next season. Um, but and I actually think Bruce would be a good shout for that. But there are other managers out there who I'd be willing to take a gamble on as well. But Parkinson isn't one of them. No, I'm no, he wouldn't for me. No, I, I, I just look at his record and I does not. No, I, I no, I don't want to get involved in it. And also, I don't want to ruin that status that he's got. No, I just don't. I want to see that. I think Bruce. Some people say about Steve Bruce that you know last season or this season he's kind of maybe been found out or something. But last season we got them to the playoff final, which you could say Aston Villa spent a lot of money, but they lost out to a team in Fulham who were exceptional last season. Yeah. <laughs> you got to say yeah. you forget what they're doing this season. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just. Is it is Steve Bruce really? Can we really turn our noses up at Steve Bruce? No. Can we really do that? I mean, who knows? It could be total and utter bollocks anyway. It might be. It might but, I mean, be true. but how is it any worse than it is now? That's yeah. the thing. Ultimately, if you're doing a crap job, you get the sack. If I went into work every day, didn't do the work that had been set out for me, and it was obvious, and then I did it again, and then I did it again, and then I did it again, somebody would say to me, hey, mate, you're going to lose your job if you keep doing that. <laughs> yes. Um, 
For some reason at Reading at the moment, it feels like managers are given quite a long time to sort out the problems. Mm. And it, if we were to get rid of Clement now, if we were, and we got someone in, there's a good chance that we could still make something out of this season. It's early enough in the season. There's 10 points between us and the playoffs. I'm not saying we're going to get playoffs. That's not what I'm suggesting. It's a big statement but it, here. But it, suggest, <laughs> no, but, it, but it gives you an idea of like how, how close you are to, yeah. to success. It doesn't take much. You know, you have a bit of a run, you win five or six in a row and suddenly We've you're, seen you're up there. Absolutely. It's 100% possible. Um, it doesn't feel like it, but it did not feel like it when McDermott came in at all no. to take it from Rodgers. No. So. And I mean, you know, if we, if we can get if we can get someone in, have a solid a solid, you know, couple of months, get through to January, get a couple of recruits in who are gonna gonna make a, hopefully a bit of a change on the pitch, whether their loans yeah. doesn't really matter, and then just get through the end of the season and, and try and ultimately, you know, if we can come mid table and don't, I don't want to flirt with relegation again. I'm sick of it. It's mm. been, you know what, three or four of the last five years. Yeah. Um, we, we've been, you know, until the last few weeks, we, we've been flirting with it. Um, and, and last season, it was the last week that we still could have gone down. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's really, really poor. Really disappointing. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's all, all I'm asking for at the moment. You know, I just... Um, I just want to see a plan. And that's why I think Steve Bruce or someone like that would be the perfect person to come in. Like like you mentioned, the players are going to have to respect him straight away. He's got a track record. He would also help slightly to attract players. We're not in a strong position to attract any players at the moment, so we yeah. need everything on our side. And just throwing more and more money at things to get players in on a short-term loan in January is not going to do us any good. We've got to think longer term than that. That goes back to the bloke Gourlay who we were talking about. But... You don't like him. No, don't like I, no him. I don't dislike him as a person. I dislike some of the things he's doing. But for legal <laughs> I you, reasons, I, I need to stay fair. clear of that. Uh, yeah. Just say allegedly. No, it's right? not allegedly. We've, we've had no, this no, argument. No, no, just say allegedly, and then you can say whatever you want. No, you can't. I've heard it on other podcasts. <laughs> it it's like, fine, no, it works No, like no Sam. No, Sam. <laughs> that doesn't um, work like that. No, no I, mean, I just think Bruce would be a good option. And I think if you look at his track record, it's immense as a manager. Forget about player, which is also pretty amazing as well when you look at what he won. So we need somebody who's going to have an impact. Some people are saying he won't have an impact. Fans, he would definitely have an impact. The Mo Barris situation would be sorted. Yeah, they would not be clean on. We'd have our best player back in the team. Yeah, we'd have the fans back on side. Yeah. We'd probably get some results in the first month. Yeah. And then everything changes. When was the last time we had a, a new manager bounce? It was probably Stan, wasn't it? Well, it was in. probably Clement, wasn't it? He won his first match, wasn't it? Yeah, but it? he won his first match and then we lost 4-0 to Ipswich. So 4-0 to Sheffield United. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, rather, yeah, sorry. I know what you're saying. Um, <laughs> a more sustained one. Yeah. Wow. I just um, want to see like two or three wins. You know? Was it McDermott? Maybe. And even that didn't start straight away, I think did Sam's it? first game was pressing. I think we drew 0-0, but it was positive. No, I think. it was 1-0, John Swift scored. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, one one other thing. I just want to change the topic slightly. Go on, um, I am not particularly. I don't want to say not happy, but I'm getting a bit sick and tired of fans of a, a certain generation who um, continually make the point that we've had it worse. So people need to stop moaning. Um, it is really shit at the moment, and. Um, and I made this point a few weeks ago. Ultimately, you pay your money to be entertained, and we're not being entertained at the moment. 
So, yeah, whilst I am absolutely personally against the idea of protesting because I don't know what you'd be protesting, um, you can't just protest better football. You know, um, uh, ultimately, um, I do think fans have every right to be upset with the way things are going at the moment. And I don't think somebody coming out and saying, well, it was worse 30 years ago changes anything. It was shit then and it's shit now. It's um, We've got higher standards now. We do. You know, I started going in 1985 yeah. and at no point where I'm going to be saying, oh, well, it was a lot worse when I was going. I saw some absolute crap but in Porterfield, when, but when we're we, not there. We've no. now established ourselves in the championship. And that's the most disappointing thing. Yes. And, and um, another point that I've, I've tried to make is we don't capitalise on the chances we have. Well, so no, right back well, to no, that first don't. season in the Premier League, though, right? Like you lose Sidwell, you don't replace him. Khalifa Cissé. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and 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 we go down off the back of that with a bit of you know um, probably I don't know we lost a bit of fight that second season. Well, Medeski himself said that we got lazy. Yeah, took it yeah. for granted. So and, and 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 going forward, you know, you could even argue that after the Stam season, we had a great team, and then we lost those players that I identified earlier on. And rather than capitalising on the fact that we had a good team who could clearly compete, we just lost three, four, five players and didn't replace them and then have yeah. now been on this run for a year and a half. Yeah, um, I suppose the thing you can say is that a few of those players that left, left after Yapstan was inevitable. Yeah, Al Habsi sure. was tempted by being near to his family, also a big wage packet, who yeah. wouldn't be, yeah. and Daniel Williams wanted to play in the Premier League. Jan yeah. Kermigan... Yeah. Well, Look, I'm, injuries, I'm, not, so, I'm, not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that the Premier League players wasn't wanted. inevitable. Yeah. Um, but again, I think, you know, you could argue we mismanaged contracts because you look at the way... I mean, I wonder... Well, I wonder, well, there's a, but there's an argument to be made now that we're giving players long contracts because of what happened to Williams. We saw a player leave who was quite important to us, so they're now panicking and chucking long we're contracts. giving out too many players. contracts, but we don't want to go back to him again. <laughs> I keep on saying that. But yeah, we have missed so many opportunities. And yeah, it becomes even worse when you're in this situation. Two points adrift. Um... I personally think we're going to get relegated. I'm seeing nothing really to change my mindset on that because it, it's not one season. It's now building and building. And there's only so many times you've been knocking that door. The only reason I disagree is I think um, we're within touching distance at the moment, but it, it needs a change. Oh, if we change, change. Oh, if we change if, manager, I could change yeah. my mindset completely. So if we keep comment yes. in, in charge, um, the way things are going at the moment, um, whilst I don't even think it's entirely the manager's fault, like yeah. I, I said, I talked about the individual mm. errors earlier, the mentality is not there. And that's arguably because of last season and this season, it's a kind of rollover. Um, I just think um, I think ultimately there are there are bigger issues at play here. Um, yeah, and uh, and and we've we've talked about that to death. Everyone has. It's been on yeah. Twitter. It's been all over the place. No one knows for certain. But but one thing you you can look at is what changed and when it changed. And and there's one common denominator. Um, yes, and that's but... the, that's the frustrating thing, right? Like, yeah. If we go there again, I think it's not going to be good, is it? <laughs> no, no, we can't. no, 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 no. I agree, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a real worry. There's so many factors which we obviously have no control over. We never will. We turn up. We just want to see a club that has a direction. I'm not getting any direction from the owners. That's public. Uh, behind the scenes, there could be a lot, but I'm not seeing that. Rongole, 
I'm getting mixed messages all the time. Clement, I've no idea what's going on there. And from players, I'm getting random performances which have no consistency. So the whole club as a whole is kind of drifting. Yeah. Just drifting into this kind of slowly into the oblivion of League One. Yeah. So... That's not really a happy thought, is no, it? No, I mean, the, 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 one, of the one positive that we've got coming up that people don't talk about often and will, I think, make a difference, um, at least, you know, maybe not immediately, but in the long term, the new training ground and mm. pitches and academy will be an attractor. Yeah, yeah, that certainly players. will be, yeah. So, you know, when yeah. we've got this place up and running um, and it really does look like it's going to be a world-class training ground, mm. um, that's going to definitely be something that when we're looking at potential players and we're saying, look, come and play for us, we'll say, look, we've got, okay, I know it's a bit boring. We've got a modern football stadium. We've got a, a super modern futuristic training ground. And we've These got a category a one academy. Yeah. Um, that's something to be positive about in the long run. But we're in the here and now. And, and you know, having a category one academy is great. Um, it sounds from... from things I've heard coming out of the club like that won't be affected even if we drop to League One there's still money there to cover that so that's positive um, but we want to be producing the best players we want to be attracting the best players and it's easier to do that when you're in the Championship or the Premier League Easy. Um, and, and uh, yeah so that's where we need to be Going, I don't buy the going down as a positive at all no we can't rebuild <laughs> no it, we can't can be there, see we can any positive years, you know, could, easily yeah. easily there's no guarantee we're not a I dread to use their name on this uh, podcast but we're not a Leeds United <laughs> we're not a Southampton all these clubs not in the forest that have been down to League One I mean look at Sheffield United they were there for quite a few years yeah. They didn't come back up in one year, and they're no. a much bigger club than us. No, yeah, you're right. So, you're right. Um, it's just, it's a worry. So I'm going to move on to the Bristol City match because we might as well talk about a football match. Have you got We've any dice? To- <laughs> you want to just yeah, label exactly. the dice, roll them, and see what It happens. is a little bit like that, isn't it? You kind of feel, A, with the selection, you're not quite sure. Hopefully, I don't think many players deserve to be dropped, but... Quigley, last time we beat them was when it was 2-0. I think it was 2-0. And in November 2016, uh, Gareth McCleary and Beering scored. Beering scored that goal after that really good move. I'd love him back now. Yeah. He got so much stick, didn't he? He did. I thought he scored big goals. How much would fans, you know... Would you have him? Would you have uh, Roy Beerens over Luca? Absolutely, I would. I'd have Roy Beerens over almost any of our wingers at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had him on the right hand side uh, with Barrow on the left, yeah, yeah. You know, with Beerens, he's never going to make a tackle. I think I saw him make about three, but he's a winger. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So, I really, I'm not going to. I'm going to have to predict another loss because I just can't see anything but that. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, for me, I want to say it's going to be more of the same. You know, I think we'll play well, or reasonably well. Um, but uh, if we don't get the first goal, and even if we do, um, you know, that half time, post half time, five minutes could just kill us. Kill us, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's safe to say if we don't get a couple of goals um, early ish, we'll probably we'll probably wear ourselves down as the game goes on, and and, and mentally as much as anything, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is a, is a, yeah, it's a major worry, isn't it? We got two huge games, and we're obviously. worse at home. We're worse at home than we we seem yeah. to be away. I mean, yeah. you know, you could argue that we were okay against Swansea. We were okay for parts against mm. West Brom. We were okay, you know. And we're getting we're getting the odd win here or there away, but we've got one win at home against arguably one of the worst teams I've seen at Bidage Gear. Got in two, five or six haven't we? Years. Yeah, 
Yeah. Have we got two? Yeah, oh, yeah we've got Harlem Millwall, Millwall as well. yeah. So okay. we're flying. So um, and Mill, <laughs> Millwall, Millwall, you know, we're a better team than us. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's worrying that we look so weak at home. Yeah, we just look at generally... Because the Millwall game was fine margins just... as well, wasn't it? So, you know, I don't want to use that term <laughs> in the opposite way. But, but oh. yeah, you know, we, we were we could have easily lost that game. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Bristol City 2-0 because I think we're collapsed. I think, I think we're I'll, at that tipping point. I think I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1 uh, to Reading? No, 2-1 to... Yeah. We're going to lose. Bristol City will beat us 2-1. But yeah. I, I could see us... Um, I could see us, you know, really going for it and conceding against the run of play or something like that. Um, yeah, on, Lee Johnson so. running on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, Agitating yeah. everyone. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. I just hope we can kind of, you know, whatever happens on the pitch, I just, I, I hope that our our fans aren't quite as aggressive towards each other because I think it's getting mm. really nasty on Twitter at the moment. Um, and I understand it's because people are disappointed and they've got very strong emotional viewpoints on the way things are going um, but it would be nice to come away from a game and us to all say yeah we're shit but we're all Reading fans and you know we will be going forward and yeah. we can't affect stuff you know it's, we're all suffering aren't we yeah we are none of us are enjoying this and we haven't been for quite a long time as no. in uh, going to watch Reading is it's a chore it at is. the moment really yeah. everything about going to watch Reading isn't about the match now no. it's about before and after and I talk to That's friends. It. I talk to friends who jokingly, you know, they're not that into football. And I say, "Oh, I'm going to the game. I really can't be bothered." And they're like, "You always say that, but you really are, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> I am not. I don't want to go." And yeah. I end up going because I paid. But you know, yes, yeah, same old, same the old. same. Yes, is if I didn't have a season ticket. <sighs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's just. Oh, it's just grim. It really is. Here I am. So I'm doing a Red and FC podcast. <laughs> so it's grim. <laughs> Yeah. Okay then. Well, thanks a lot for listening. If you've managed to make it all the way to the end, well done. Um, there are helplines. I can set one up if you do need any uh, boosting of morale. So uh, cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye.